This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Wonderful Father, we thank you for this great day. Thank you that you've brought us together as a family. We're ready, Lord God, to receive from you. Lord, we always remind ourselves that without you, we can do nothing. So we thank you that as we spend time in your word, you'll encourage us, you'll lift us up. We'll be excited to serve you and excited to touch other lives. And Lord, I want to give you in advance all the praise, the honor and glory, because I never trust in my ability, but I totally depend upon you to speak through me in Jesus' name. And everybody who loved the Lord said, Amen. Amen. Well, family, this morning, the title of my message is, Follow These Keys When Things Seem to go wrong. Follow these keys when things seem to go wrong. I'm not sure what 2018 has been for you. For some of us, you may have had great victories and may have been just an awesome year for you. Others, you might have had some dreams or goals that you haven't quite accomplished, or perhaps you've had certain disappointments throughout this year. I'm not quite sure what has happened, but one thing you will know about life, life is pretty much like a roller coaster ride. There are ups and downs. It just is that. We love the ups but we always scream on the downs, don't we? And so, you know, family, God wants you to have success in every area of your life. And as you read through the scriptures, as we go through the Bible, there are many people in the Word of God who had great moments and they had disappointing moments. And one of those was our friend Joseph. Now, this is not Mary and Joseph. I know we're going to be speaking about them a little bit on Christmas Day. But this is Joseph, the young man who had the multicolored jacket or outfit that his father made for him. He was a phenomenal young man, and you know his story, where he wanted to please God, he lived to please God, and he was a man of amazing character and integrity, but yet he was blamed for things that he never did. You remember his story, he ended up being in prison, he should never have been there, was sold by his brothers as a slave, they initially wanted to kill him, and everywhere along his journey, he always chose the right attitude, and God blessed him as a result of that. And so Joseph could say these words when he was placed in prison, Being innocently placed there, he made this statement, and we read it in Genesis chapter 40, verse 15, from the message translation, says the following, and since I've been here, I've done nothing to deserve being put in this hole or this jail. Now, how many of you have faced that in your life, and you say, you know, I'm in the circumstances, and really, I haven't done anything to deserve this. We've been in places like that, and he definitely was. You see, family, Joseph had lived really an exemplary lifestyle. He really did. He did everything he could to please the Lord and honor God. He had the right attitude through every decision that he made and whatever challenges he faced, he had had the right attitude. You see, he had made a fortune for his employer, Potiphar. He had resisted the sexual advances of his boss's wife and stayed true to God. But what was his reward? His reward was a prison sentence with no hope of parole. That's where he ended up doing everything he knew to be right. So the question he would ask and the question we would ask is, since when does the high road lead off a cliff? Since when does doing best that you can lead to a place of disappointment and despair? And he ended up there. You see, family, ever since evil entered the world, and as long as Satan prowls around like a roaring lion, he's going to try his best to reap havoc among God's people. He's going to try his best. Doesn't mean he'll have the victory, but he's certainly going to try If you look through the scriptures, you'll see that Satan tried his best to lock preachers up like Paul in prison. He tried his very best to exile pastors like John on remote islands. He did everything he could to afflict afflict the friends of Jesus like Lazarus with disease. 
But you know what? His plans and strategies always backfire. Satan's plans and strategies will always backfire even when he tries to bring these challenges upon us. Look at these things. The imprisoned Paul wrote most of the New Testament. The banished John saw heaven. The cemetery of Lazarus became a stage upon which Christ performed one of his greatest miracles. And the prison in which they placed Joseph became a stepping stone to the palace for which God had destined him. Isn't that interesting? The devil tried to come and destroy their lives, but look what happened because God was not going to give up on them. You see, looking back, Joseph could say these words in Genesis 50 verse 20. He could say, but as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. You see, he looked for the, 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 the plan of God in those difficult situations. So I'm saying to you, we all need to look for God's purpose in the setbacks of, in the setbacks of our life. We need to look for God's plan. And you begin to see them as stepping stones to blessing. Even though it's a challenging time. I love what Jeremiah 30, 24 says. It says this from the Amplified Translation. It says, The Lord shall not turn back until He has executed and accomplished the thoughts and intents of His mind. What is His plan for your life? He's never going to look back. He's going to want to fulfill them in your life. Our responsibility is to have the right frame of mind and to always look for God's plan, even though there may seem to be these dis uh, disappointments and setbacks in our life. You see, family, God will use the circumstances that you are in today to strengthen you and draw you closer to Himself and accomplish His will and purpose for your life. He will definitely do that. So today, He has key number one. Yes, key number one towards accomplishing God's will for your life. The first key is simply this. Stop doing things that don't work. Stop doing things that don't work. There's a story that's told of a couple who decided to go duck hunting together. They heard that they needed a good duck hunting dog, so they went to the kennel and got one. They heard that they needed a good shotgun, so they went to the store and bought one. Then they went hunting. At the end of the day, they hadn't got a single duck. The husband said to his wife, Honey, we've got to be doing something wrong here. His wife replied, Well, maybe if we throw the dog up a little higher, he will catch a duck this time. <laughs> so family, that's not the way you do duck hunting, right? So when it comes to the Christian life, we try to accomplish things with tools that don't work or don't make sense. And that's the challenge. You see, a dog is not the right weapon to get ducks. You need firepower to bring them down, right? So those of you that hunt understand that. So with that in mind, why then did Paul write the following? Why did Paul write the following in three, Colossians 3.16? He said these words, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Why did he write those words? He wrote them, family, because when the word of Christ dwells richly in our heart, we're equipped with God's wisdom. We're equipped with God's wisdom. You see, you can't solve a problem by using the very elements that caused it. You need God's wisdom, and it's found in His Word. God's wisdom is found in His Word. Here are some scary statistics. It's been said that less than 30% of Christians read their Bible daily. 
less than 30. One third, every 10 people you count, it says that one, less than one third of those, less than three of those 10 read their Bible every day. Think about that for a moment. That means this, 70% of Christians look for the answers in the wrong places. 70%, those who are not reading the word are looking for the answers in the wrong places. When you have a problem, the first thing you need to ask is, what does God's word say about this? That's the first thing we should ever ask. What is God telling me about the situation? What does his word say about this? Psalm 119 verse 130 says the following. It says, the entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. I love God's word. The answers to our life are found in his word. If we'll just take the time to read it daily, God will give us direction. You see, instead of doing things that don't work, let's turn to God's word first. Amen? So key number one, let's stop doing things that don't work. Let's go to God first and research his word and you'll find wisdom and insight to solve every challenge. Now, when you have had disappointments or perhaps you faced some failure in your life, you must always remember this. In life, there are always next steps. You can't stand still. There must be a next step. Even if you failed or you've had disappointment, you can't stand still. So with key number two, key number two is this. Get up and try again. Get up and try again, even if it's been disappointing. So your next step is to do that. Isaiah 41.10 says this. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. What a great scripture. God wants you to have victory, but you have to keep on moving for him to work in your life. Amen? You have to keep on moving. So your family, to succeed in life, you need these two things, at least these two things. The first one is you need the right people. You have to have the right people around you. And the second thing is you need the right perspective. So let's take a moment and speak about the right people. Remember, to get up and try again, you need to have people around you. You see, sometimes the first step towards getting out of um, discouragement is finding somebody who can lift you. You need people around you to help you. When you spend time with someone who is continually negative and full of despair about their life, you can come out of that conversation feeling negative and full of despair about your life too. Isn't that right? Isn't that true? Sometimes when you're around people who are just so negative, you walk out there feeling worse than when you arrive. And so we need to make sure we've got people who can help us. Now, this is a statement that is very true. The company you keep will either lift you up or pull you down. That's just as true as that. It's been said before that people are like elevators. They either lift you up or they take you down. We want to be around people that, that can encourage us and lift us up. But also, we need to be people who can encourage and lift people up. Amen? You see, Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 7 verse 6, he said this. It's a wonderful scripture. He said, God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of Titus. Let me read that again to you. This is a powerful scripture here because this says really this. God comforted them by using somebody else. That's what it says. God comforted the, comforts the downcast. Uh, your comfort to down cost, comforted us by the coming of Titus. So Titus brought them comfort. And family, you and I both need a Titus in our life. 
We need a Titus. We need somebody to comfort us. But this is also true. The flip side of the coin is you need to become a Titus to others. You also need to be a Titus to others. The Bible says in Galatians 6.2, the King James, it says, bear one another's burdens. To bear one another's burdens means you have to have people around you. I need to encourage someone. Someone needs to encourage me. If I'm going through a challenging time, I need them to keep me focused and vice versa. Amen? And so that's why we need to have people around us that can help us. So the key is to look for a true friend. Somebody will stand by you through the good and the tough times. Proverbs 18.24 from the message translation says this. A true friend sticks by you like family. A true friend sticks by you like family. Listen to this. One day, two cows looked over a fence and saw these words on a passing milk truck. Pasteurized, homogenized, vitamin A added. The one cow said to the other, it makes you feel a bit inadequate, doesn't it? Here's the cow producing milk. That's what they're designed to do, but yet somebody always feels I've got to add something else to it. <laughs> okay, got to try and make it better because what they're doing is not good enough. Sometimes we may feel like that. Perhaps you feel like that today. Perhaps you feel that there's too much to do and not enough of you to do it. Or you don't think you have the skill or the resources to do what you've been expected to do. Or you may be someone who thinks that you can do everything on your own. But family, this is the truth. You'll soon begin to realize you need help from others. Even in a perfect world, Adam still couldn't make it by himself. God said to him in Genesis 2.18, I will make a helper suitable for him. Adam was in the most awesome place in the world. He was in the Garden of Eden where everything worked. Nothing was a challenge. Yet, God still said he needed a helper. Isn't that amazing? Even when things are going right, you still need people around you. You see, family, sometimes the solution requires more than prayer or counseling. It requires a friend who understands especially one who has fought the same battle and won. Be around people that can encourage you, but also be someone who can encourage other people. You know, in Acts chapter 3, God used Peter and John to bring about the healing of a lame man sitting at the temple gate. They did that. You remember the account where they went to the lame man and said, silver and gold have I none, and then they helped the man and prayed for him and he got healed. But just look, listen to this. Just a little while before that, Peter had denied Jesus and fallen flat on his face. He decided to return to his old fishing job. But praise God for John. But John refused to let go of him. As a result, Peter was restored, a lame man was healed, and 3,000 people were won to Christ because John didn't give up on Peter. Isn't that awesome? We hear much about Peter, what he did, but John encouraged him when he felt discouraged. When he had failed, there was a John to encourage him. You see, church, you don't need a lot of people in your life. You just need the right people. So ask God for a true friend who will stick by you. Then you do the same for someone else. You do the same for someone else. If you're not part of a group, if you're not connected in a group here at Christian Family Church, I want to encourage you, be part of a group. I'm part of two groups. And you know, I have friends in those groups that encourage me, and I trust God by the grace of God that I can encourage them. And we do life together. Be part of a group. Get yourself connected. Find a place that you can grow. Group life is really awesome. It's where friendships are developed, where we can walk like this and be an encouragement to one another. So that is finding the right people. Now, under key number two, to get up and try again, the second thing you need to do is have the right perspective. 
We have to have the right perspective. Listen to these statistics. Over half of all salespeople fail because they don't go back a second or third time. 58% make one call and stop. 25% make two calls and stop. 15% make three calls and stop. Listen to this. 12% of all salespeople who go back again and again and again make 80% of all sales. So 12% of making 80%, that means the masses are only getting 20%. Isn't there a key there? So I'm saying we need to make sure that we have the right perspective to life and keep on getting up and moving forward. You see, that's the group family that we belong in. Don't settle for failure. Get up and try again. God will work with you. I love Philippians 1 verse 6. It says this. Am I, sorry, and I am sure that God, who began a good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished. Isn't that awesome? God is with you, family. Missionary and theologian Stanley Jones said these words. When life kicks you, let it kick you forward. <laughs> Amen? Let it kick you forward. Refuse to accept defeat. Remember, you'll be rewarded for what you finished, not what you started. You'll be rewarded for what you finished, not what you started. You see, family, sometimes the last key on the key ring is the one that opens the door. The last key on the key ring is the one that opens the door. So ask God for strength to keep persevering until you win. And then my final and last key is this. Use what God has given you. Simply just use what God has given you. Romans 12, 6 says the following. Having gifts, faculties, talents, qualities that differ according to the grace given us, let us use them. You have gifts. You have talents. You see, God has given you certain relationships, skills, experiences, and attributes that He wants you to use to fulfill His purpose. Listen to these. He used the beauty procession to position Esther as queen of Persia to stop a genocide of the Jews. He used Nehemiah's diligence as the king's cupbearer to position him for royal favor that would transform in the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem. He used David's musical ability to give him access to the king of Israel. He used Joseph's imprisonment and his ability to interpret dreams to save two nations from famine. He used the zeal of a murderer named Saul of Tarsus to spread the gospel through missionary journeys while writing most of the New Testament. And if God used them, He will use you. Amen? And He wants to. In fact, He's cultivating talents within you that will serve His kingdom's purpose in ways that you are unaware of right now. It may be your God-given athletic abilities or your music talent that God uses to give you a platform to give Him praise. It may be your creative genius, or it could just simply be your good work ethic. No matter what it is, it is a gift from God, then it should be used for God. Remember this, church. Success is doing the best you can with what you have where you are. Just doing the best you can where you are. It's not based on circumstances, wealth, power, or platform. It's not based on past experience or future potential. It's stewarding every opportunity in every way, every day. So use what God has given you.
just simply use what God has given you. If you're here this morning and you're saying, Pastor Rigo, I don't know what my gifts or my talents really are, I'm inviting you to get onto Growth Track. Growth Track will start the first Sunday of every month. Be a part of it. Get onto Growth Track. And as you finish that, you're going to know what God has destined you for. So let's quickly recap. When things seem to go wrong, follow these keys. Stop doing what doesn't work. Get up and try again and use what God has given you. Amen? Does that encourage you a bit? We're going to have a great 2019. Amen? We are not going to give up. We're going to run for Jesus. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.